Hey everyone, welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Jen Otero. And this is Melanie Wise. Uh, Last week, we started a discussion here on Mercy Talk on a very important, yet also very sensitive Mm -hmm. topic um, of pornography. And I guess just even in saying that, before we jump into anything, uh, we do want to make sure that we give all of our listeners just a heads up that uh, just due to the nature of this conversation, if you're, you know, listening to this podcast in your car with little kitties in the backseat, we might just caution you to go ahead and pause right now and listen mm-hmm. to this um, at a separate time. But we are really, really, really thankful to yes. have Brooke Keels, our Executive Director of Counseling Services here at Mercy, um, joining us for these podcasts just because she has a lot of um, just information, education, um, and is very passionate about this topic. Mm-hmm. We were just talking earlier today just about how grateful we are that you are on board for this because I don't think this is one that Jen and I would try to tackle nope. on our own. And so <laughs> thank you again, Brooke, for being with us and joining us this week. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me be here. So Brooke, we know even just thinking back to last week on all the things that we talked about as we defined this and talked it through, it's such an important topic. And the more we're talking about it, the more I'm realizing what an important topic this is. So I guess really just to kind of kick off today, we also know that as much as it's an important topic, it's also somewhat difficult or uncomfortable at times. We've discussed a little bit of the shame that's attached to this. What is your experience? Why do you think that pornography is something, and we talked a little bit about this, but especially in the church, that it's something that is just kind of shelved, not talked about, that there's such a shame attached to it. Why do you think that is? You know, if you think about it, the church started with, or the way I grew up respectfully, it was sex is bad, Mm -hmm. don't have sex until you're married, and then you're good. Right. Right. And that was it. It's bad and you'll go to hell. Mm -hmm. And if my parents are listening, they did not tell me that specifically, but that's what I got out (laughs) of it. Okay. And so, you know, sex before marriage, bad, 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 whatever. So we already have this place where we just don't talk about it. Right. Mm -hmm. You can have sex when you're married. You can have sex when you're married, Mm -hmm. but we don't talk about Mm -hmm. what that is, what it looks like, how it's influenced. You know, I I mean, I'm sorry to interrupt, but even in the best churches. Yeah. It's not like, cause I yeah. never heard the message that it was bad, but we didn't talk about it sure. at all. Which so, was my kind of interpretation. Right. It's like, well, if we're not talking about it, it must right. be bad. Right. Sure. And so, you know, so you didn't get all that. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which so different people get yeah. different things out of it. Right. But then you're curious and you want to know yep. and whatever. So, I mean, you know, that can go into a whole other thing. But the deal is, is that sex is such a huge part of our life. Mm -hmm. It's such a huge part of intimacy and that God created for, you know, a man and woman to have within marriage. It's such an amazing thing. Right. And so, I mean, it has been distorted Mm -hmm. to the nth degree by the enemy and respectfully, I'm going to say that word a lot. The church has let that happen. As I mentioned last week, we've kind of stepped out of the culture wars, you know, and it, it makes people uncomfortable because I think we have a lot of people who don't really know how they feel about it, just mm-hmm. healthy sex in general. And then we're going to go talk about, you know, pornography and something that brings such shame. So if I'm, you know, a man or woman, I've grown up in the church. I know sex is bad. God meant for it. Or I know, you know, I'm not supposed to have sex while I'm married, whatever. I found myself, you know, into pornography at whatever level. So now I know that's deviant too. Like, it's just like shame upon shame yeah. upon shame, right? And we're going to hear the verse that he said, if you even think of a woman in a bad way, then right. you're going to hell too. And, you know, mm-hmm. right, because we're going to interpret mm-hmm. that as, you know, Jesus hates you. And, mm-hmm. right, which is not yes. at all true. But anyway, it just compounds. Yeah. And that's the thing. Pornography pulls us to isolate 
And that's what the enemy does with every single thing. So I really want to encourage people as they hear this, Mm -hmm. learn this. But also, if this isn't an issue for you, think about where you do this in other places of your life, potentially, or other people that Mm -hmm. you work with, Mm -hmm. you know, because we'll all go, yes, heroin, bad, Mm -hmm. you know, but the part of that, there's a lot of things that go with it. The isolation, the avoiding others, Mm -hmm. the not letting people speak into your life, right? So it's isolation, it's shame, and I'll just kind of keep saying that over and over. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it is an absolute escape. I mean, it makes me wonder a little bit if the church just started talking about it again. I'm mm-hmm. like, how ironic is it, yet not ironic at all, that the, I mean, what has the enemy twisted more so true. than sex? And what has Absolutely. the church been the most silent on? Yeah. Let's be honest. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I'm Absolutely. like, man, it just makes me wonder if the church actually stopped being so silent on this topic, if the enemy would lose some of his grip on this. You it's know so what I mean? True. Oh and if you, my goodness, yes. And if you think about it as a married couple as well, that when you have a healthy sexual relationship, how bound together you mm. are in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. You're a different team in every area when that part of your relationship is in a healthy whole place. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't the enemy go after that? Because yeah. as he goes after that, it completely decimates marriages. We talked a little bit about that last week too. So when we're able to, as believers, to look into the ploys and the plots of the enemy, it makes perfect sense that yep. he would do this. Plus, he's really messing with God's creation. And so not only is he messing with the biblical understanding of what sex is, he's yeah. also messing with God's kids in the way that they operate. And even today, as we talk through more about the way that our brains kind of line up with all of this, it's just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So I guess, Brooke, my next question would be, you know, I think back to just even conversations with people I've had, you know, when we talk about the last five to 10 years is when pornography has really become more deviant in nature. It's become just more significant in different ways, partly because of social media and the internet and all of that kind of thing. But if you think back to, you know, 20 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, you would see maybe boys in the baseball field with their playboy and their pulling out pages and, you know, going home and looking at them and then throwing them away or putting them back in the closet. There wasn't the same access to pornography that there is now. Why? Tell us a little bit about the differences and why that's so significant. One of the things you said is really key. There wasn't access, right? So Mm -hmm. we may have had kids stole their dad's Playboy that was under the bed or, mm-hmm. you know, somebody found a video and they were like, hey, everybody come yeah. watch this. Mm-hmm. And everyone went, that's weird. And then left and rode their bikes. Right. right? And so does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so it just wasn't there all of the time. Now right. we go, hey, you know, little Johnny, look at what I found on the internet. And little Johnny then takes his phone out mm-hmm. and can get on the internet and it's never ending stream yeah. mm-hmm. of access. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And so what that does to the brain uh, we can kind of get into that if that's okay. Yeah, let's go yeah. for it. Okay, so I'm actually going to throw out a couple of statistics first because mm-hmm. you guys know how I like that. <laughs> so the National Survey on Drug Use and Health estimated that this was from 2008. So again, this is going to have changed in the last 10 years. There were 1.9 million cocaine users. According to the CIA, there are an estimated 2 million heroin users in the United States with some 600 to 800,000 considered hardcore addicts. Compare these numbers to the 40 million regular wow. users of online pornography in America. Mm, wow. Of regular users. Regular users. 40 million people regularly regularly access pornography. And again, that was 2008. Wow. So it has increased significantly mm. since then. Um, and as you know, we can even get into all of the other ways it's impacted, how it's impacted with trafficking, how it's impacting our children, how it's mm. impacting abuse, right? 
And this is another quote that I just really, really like. And this just to kind of set up how it works with the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, this is uh, Dr. Satnover, and he's a psychiatrist um, and a physicist wow. because those <laughs> two things go together. Go together. <laughs> um, at he's Yale. a smart dude. Yeah, he's a very, very intelligent man. And so this is something he's when he spoke to Congress and they're kind of fighting for, right, because this gets into free speech and all those fun things, right? So with the advent of the computer, the delivery system for this addictive stimulus, which is internet pornography, has become nearly resistance-free. It is as though we have devised a form of heroin a hundred times more powerful than before, usable in the privacy of one's own home, right, so seclusion, and injected directly into the brain through the eyes. It is now available in unlimited supply via a self-replicating distribution network, glorified as art and protected by the Constitution. Hmm. Wow. I keep saying wow. Yeah. It's just going to be my word today. Okay. (laughs) So there's kind of a myth with pornography, which is that only people that have been abused or traumatized access this regularly, Mm -hmm. right? And so that in the past was probably true, that I've been abused, therefore I kind of, you know, it meets a need that way, Mm -hmm. right? And we can talk about all the ways the enemy is... Uh, manipulated intimacy, right? Mm-hmm. Intimacy and sexuality are not the same. Mm-hmm. I believe you guys actually already had a podcast on that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so basically what we're finding is that even without trauma or abuse, pornography is rewiring our brains. Mm-hmm. All right. And so the way that it does this is that we have a chemical called dopamine. Okay. So dopamine is what drives us to do pleasurable things. All right. Usually meaning pleasurable things to survive, like eat, mm-hmm. right? I eat, I do that. Um, have an intimate relationship with someone else it drives intimacy um work out so it's going to drive that right for those of you those who have who had mm-hmm. runner highs yeah. i am not <laughs> people um i'm glad when it's over <laughs> right be successful at school or work so these are people right so i i get an a i've got a dopamine high. this is great right i worked hard i met a need and now i'm back to normal mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. okay and so when you do these pleasurable things dopamine is released and the brain is changed to motivate you to do these things again mm-hmm. right so i'm going to go back dopamine is necessary for survival mm-hmm. right so i'm going to run more in theory or mine i'm going to eat more cake <laughs> right <laughs> whatever that is <laughs> Right. I'll go into that process addiction later. Um, So anyway, so what happens with the addiction is that the most addictive drugs are correlated with the highest release of dopamine. All right. So cocaine and heroin, right? They're going to release the most dopamine. And increased dopamine means increased addiction potential. Does that make sense Mm -hmm. so far? Okay. Mm -hmm. So dopamine is released during sexual excitement. All right. So this is where, guys, it's going to get a little words people may be uncomfortable with so with pornography the more you engage the more dopamine is released Mm -hmm. and the more you want to re-engage right so dopamine not only makes your brain want the thing that gives pleasure it makes your brain require it yeah okay so this is a shift Mm -hmm. right this isn't just oh i like that it's your brain's like oh yeah no we need that Mm -hmm. right Okay. So on top of that, we'll say, so viewing pornography releases dopamine. So with each climax, you then have more dopamine, Mm -hmm. which if we shift back to a physical interaction, right? If you're going to talk about foreplay and then the actual event, does Mm -hmm. that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So then with each climax, you've got more. And so there's this other uh, never ending feedback loop that is, okay, I like looking at it. I like finishing it. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Okay. And so it just, like with any drug, your tolerance increases. 
So that's where we mm. get into some major problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this means that you need more and you need different. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to take a minute just to talk about that piece of it. So if you think about let's what most people are comfortable with addiction. Okay. So I heroin. I keep picking on that. So I have heroin. I use heroin. Brain is flooded. Heroin is gone. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I would have to go and find more. Right. Does that make sense? Okay. So with pornography, looking at pornography, dopamine, going through all the things that is pornography, more dopamine. When I stop, do I have to go find more? Mm-hmm. No. It takes me four and a half seconds to find more. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So it is a never-ending supply, which takes us back to mm-hmm. the physicist-psychiatrist quote. Right. It's a never-ending supply. So what happens is your brain changes. You access it. Dopamine is more. Well, then eventually what you were viewing no longer interests you. So let's say you start with written word, erotica, those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually that's no longer going to meet your need. Mm -hmm. We're going to move into pictures. We're going to move into videos. Mm -hmm. Okay. But now, so that was kind of from the past. Right. right? So now what we're seeing is that we start with videos. Mm -hmm. So maybe it starts with basic sex. All right. And what we find is that things have to get more and more deviant to Mm -hmm. give your brain the same exact effect. Right. Mm -hmm. Because your tolerance changes. Exactly. And so every time it has to go to a different level in order to meet that need. Right. And so things that, you know, a lot of of people that I've worked with, but also, I mean, if you hear people talk about this piece of it, is that, I mean, these are from non-Christian men. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I want to take that point. Even from them, they're saying, I realized I was watching things that Mm -hmm. were absolutely horrific. Right. Okay. And I was participating in this. And so, but my brain needed it and wanted it. And right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if, so if that makes sense, like it doesn't end. Right. You don't just go, okay, that, and then done. Yeah. You know, it doesn't end. The other piece is that what happens is that your brain becomes to find, comes to find reality very boring. Right. So your dopamine that encourages physical interaction with your spouse and those sorts of things, it's no longer there. Right. It's so, not going to meet that need. So the idea of healthy sex does not even close to meet the ceiling that's now been created because of the use of pornography. So now my dopamine levels and my ability to connect in that way is so much lower than what I've experienced through pornography. So therefore, healthy, normal sex and relationship doesn't even, I'm not even able to operate from that place any longer. Correct. And that's, I love that you said that because there is a huge difference between healthy sex and pornography, right? right? Healthy sex is to generate intimacy. Pornography Mm -hmm. is to generate arousal, mm-hmm. sexual moment, done, now I'm through with you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right, there's no connection, there's no it, there's That's no literally that. the exact point of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, there is no connection. Mm-hmm. And so what you'll find is that, yes, yeah, so your brain, not only, it's not just, oh, I don't like my spouse anymore. Mm-hmm. Your brain is not interested because you have taught it Mm-hmm. to enjoy something that is not real. You've taught it to not enjoy intimacy, but to enjoy just being aroused. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Which I think also yeah. speaks to the importance of of really understanding that those seemingly small things yeah. that, you know, just like, well, okay, well, this isn't pornography. It's just like a book. Mm-hmm. that right. Like to just not take those things lightly because what you're doing is you're starting a potential cycle that just keeps growing and snowballing and what started as something small can grow into something where you're like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I, what did I just watch? You know? And so I think some people who just think, oh, this is just innocent, you know, this isn't doing anything to me. You just don't know what you're opening the door to. Right. 
And the enemy loves to give us opportunity to minimize away things. Right. Because he absolutely has a year or two or five or 10 or 12 down the road where I'm viewing things that I never in a million years would have thought I would have ever even been drawn to, let alone desire. Yeah. And now I'm suddenly here. Yeah. And so I would even add even now for any of our listeners that are listening and going, oh my gosh, that's me. Mm -hmm. You know, that we're, we're wanting to be really mindful about laying the landscape of what this is really about. I know I'm learning a ton, Mm -hmm. but also acknowledging that there's nothing that's too hard for God Mm -hmm. and that when you choose to repent and turn, that you're able to begin to set up some things where you're able to get to a place of freedom, that this doesn't have to be your existence the rest Mm -hmm. of your life. Your marriage does not have to be decimated. Your children don't have to be affected. I mean, I think this is the place now to begin talking through, okay, what do we do and how do we move forward and what are the, what is, where's the hope in all of this? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, because I'm getting to be a science teacher today, (laughs) the really cool thing about your brain is that it, God made it so amazing that it can rewire so Mm -hmm. just like it was rewired to you know be addicted to whatever right that makes sense specifically for us pornography or rewired to have pleasure in that you can rewire it to have pleasure in other things Mm -hmm. right so just like the process so for example you know when you let's say you're going all in i'm going to counseling i've got an accountability partner like all of that so what happens is pornography begins to fill this void Mm -hmm. right i feel sad i need porn i feel I'm stressed. I need porn, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can put in whatever it is that you do for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I mean, I will make fun of myself, you know, uh, just trying to get free from just kind of bondage with food and those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. Like last week I had a really rough week. I thought about cake more than I did my husband. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. He's going to love that, but it's true. Right. Right. And we can all go, oh, it's food, but hey, it's Mm -hmm. not. It's Mm -hmm. it's something that is bondage for me in an area that, you know, the enemy tries to have a stronghold. Even though this seems so like, uh, and gross and whatever, it's not different from that. That's right. right. It's really not. And it's meeting a need. Exactly. It is meeting a need. Mm -hmm. Nobody goes at whatever age and goes, this is what I want for my life. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. With whatever it is that you struggle with. So I kind of want to, yes, it is serious. And yes, we need to do something about it. But it is, you know, on paper, no different than me struggling with wanting to solve, you know, my emotions with food. That's right. Versus this. So, you know, but that's what it is. You teach yourself that, right? I have taught myself that, oh, I'm really stressed and feel bad about, you know, myself. I should eat more Mm -hmm. things with chocolate or whatever. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So same thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, so you're, you know, I'm sad, I'm stressed, I'm whatever. And your brain's like, hey, you know how we can get dopamine super quick Mm -hmm. and feel really good here. Right. And so anyway, so, but just like you can shift those other things, people can become healthy with eating and working out and all those other pieces. You can train your brain Mm -hmm. the other way too. Not easy. Sure. As nothing worth doing is. Right. True. But it, it can totally be possible. Yeah. Totally be changed. Yeah. And it makes me think too, just recently I was working with a young lady, I think she's 16 or 17 that came in specifically because she'd started to struggle with pornography. Mm -hmm. She hadn't shared it with anybody. Um, But as we talked it through, she was able to begin to identify that it was always later at night. Mm -hmm. Her parents were in a lot of marital 
difficulty themselves. And she would just find herself so lonely and so sad. And her boyfriend and her had viewed it together, which opened the door for her. And she began to go to that every single night because she felt lonely. Mm -hmm. And she began to see even the ceiling, as we talked about, begin to move forward. And she's like, I'm beginning to view some things that I never would have thought I would have. But it helps me feel better. And so we started to really be able to identify, okay, what can you begin to do differently in those Mm -hmm. moments when you are feeling lonely? So I guess, Brooke, my question, because we've kind of tipped our hand to the fact that this is a male and female thing. Is there anything you can kind of share in regards to what it looks like for males versus females? Anything that would be just helpful? Because I think it's one of those topics we can so easily go, this is a male issue. But more and more and more, I know for me, counseling women, I see more and more and more of this. And I think it's just important that we make listeners aware of that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So this has gone from maybe being an Mm 80-20 men's issue to now it's a 60-40. Yeah. Okay, so it's shifted. And so here's the deal. It will, I mean, dopamine is dopamine is dopamine. That's right. Women want connection the same way anyone else does. Women want to escape hard situations the same way men do, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Women are now, you know, respectfully, this is, we are informed that if you want to be sexy, look like this. Yeah. If you want to be attractive, look like this. And, you know, as we talked about last week, you can't drive down the road without seeing a billboard. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, they put for, you know, really great looking women in bikinis on women's magazines because we look at that and mm-hmm. compare and do. And so it should not be surprising at all mm-hmm. that it becomes this and what and you're right. So what we're also seeing is that uh, especially like teenage girls and that sort of thing, they view stuff that they would never Mm-mm. have thought right and then they go okay so I guess I'm supposed to be this do this right. and yes mm-hmm. you will be aroused mm-hmm. guys drugs work yeah <laughs> so does pornography right mm-hmm. and so maybe I'm disgusted at first maybe she went through just for a minute with the boyfriend but like okay we're gonna do this mm-hmm. does that make sense and so it's not different um, I think that just like we talked about and this was a while back the difference between right men go and have a lot of sex partners to escape women go and try and connect Mm -hmm. so it's the same thing again the enemy has twisted intimacy to mean sexuality and so that's the same thing but it's an easy escape Mm -hmm. yeah it's an easy escape and respectfully without that much stigma in the world the whole world can agree cocaine bad heroin bad whatever right don't be addicted but with this it's kind of we've made this a moral issue Mm -hmm. it's you know which Mm -hmm. it is but instead of just a whole this is not good for us as a society yeah that makes sense and i think what's so great about i know with all that i'm learning is that i think the difference between that is that we are able to acknowledge in someone's life when they struggle with the addiction to cocaine or heroin the wretched fruit that's a part of their lives but i think that so often at least for me in this conversation my eyes are being so blown open in the fact that look at what pornography creates. And I don't know that society or the church is educated in the fact that this is the wretched fruit that comes from pornography. We've kind of just put it in this little box of like, well, that's not a good thing, but let's talk about how it 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 affects your brain. And like, there's things I think we kind of put together because we're pretty smart people, but you can look at someone with a heroin addiction and go, your life will be wrecked from that. I don't know that we say the same thing to someone that's necessarily struggling with pornography, not out of a you're going to be forever damned over the situation but like there's a significant issue that comes along with pornography that I don't know that we've drawn the line as clearly does that make sense no absolutely I mean I think that too we're just now 
getting the research on it, just mm-hmm. like we are from the access to the internet. You know, just like you said, just in the past few years, the age of exposure is dropping significantly. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? So there's like all of these things, but yes, I mean, it's we can't ignore this no. anymore. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. an issue across the board again. So, Brooke, I know that as we've just been chatting today, I've kind of found myself sitting here just getting a little overwhelmed. Like, wow, there's so much that Mm -hmm. could be at the root of this for people and it's like I kind of always just want there to be an answer like okay so it's just one of two things figure out what it is for you you know what I mean right right but clearly there are so many things um that could be at the root of this and we just want to make sure that we don't leave Mm -hmm. any of these podcasts with people going like what am I supposed to do with that you know so as we wrap up today are there some practical next steps are there any other thoughts on this whole root cause issue thing that we just always want to focus in on because we just don't want to always land on like the behavior fixing the behavior mm-hmm. um so right. any last thoughts on that that you could leave people with yeah absolutely because here's the deal there is a root mm-hmm. yeah okay? so whether it was past abuse current abuse dealing with sadness it was you know i was curious and i found this and, mm-hmm. and then here i am and you know just the shame that expounds on all of that whether it's you know i was just trying to find out what people thought was sexy you know mm-hmm. and went and did that so whatever that is there is a root and so you're right so no matter what you do right we can will ourselves to be you know i'm going to work out i'm going to be healthy i'm going to do all of these things yeah but if i don't heal mm-hmm. the needs that the the you know and going back to me eating the cake right met mm-hmm. then it doesn't matter right right so so freedom has nothing to do with shifting the behavior it just allows it shuts the door mm-hmm. right we talk about shutting the door a lot so like obviously we don't want more damage we don't want more exposure it, it begins the healing process right okay so that's great but yes we have to go back to what is the root and i know jen like you speak so well about kind of hearing the voice of god mm-hmm. in that yeah and so i don't know if you'd like to speak totally. on that. i'd and love it, for you to i think that's where i think that would be my final thought even for today's show and i think honestly to me as a counselor and as a daughter of God it always comes back to that because you know anytime I'm facing something in my own life or a topic like this it can feel so weighty and so like oh gosh where do I even begin but the Lord looks into this and is able to look right to the heart of the matter he's able to take you straight to the root he's able to help you to even see where this even came in and to begin to heal from that place and so I think my encouragement in all of this as well is that we continue to remember in this entire topic and conversation that this is not just about a behavior or a choice it really is about getting to the root. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is to seek the Lord and say, Lord, what, where did this come in? Mm-hmm. What do I need to know? What are the lies that I'm unbelieving about myself or even about pornography as a whole? You know, where is their unforgiveness? All of those keys and those things that we continually talk about have an impact on any situation that you bring to the table. Mm-hmm. It's not too hard for God. He's able to speak into this stuff in such a way and bring such healing. And I would even say to anyone that's listening that has struggled with pornography or maybe even did today, that you stop and go, Lord, what do I need to know about the way you see me? Despite my choices, despite what maybe I've struggled with even today, like apart from my behavior and my decisions, how do you see me? And allow the Lord to begin to really speak to you about the way he loves you and how accepted you are and how cared for that you are. 
apart from any choice that you're making, then it's moving into those choices and saying, Lord, you need to begin to give me strategy and what to do. Because we talk about accountability and counseling and reading books and all these resources. And I genuinely believe depending on who you are as an individual, the Lord may give you different strategy. Mm -hmm. So to really seek him out with the resources you're being given and saying- Which there were some great ones mentioned last week. Totally. Um, Go back to that that show last week because Brooke outlined a ton of stuff Mm -hmm. and begin just praying into it. Lord, where do I need to go from here? And who is the first person I need to call Yeah, because this can't stay between you and Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You need to really bring in some accountability and some people that care about you and that can love you in the midst of all of this. For sure. So hopefully so far these topics and this conversation has been really, really helpful. I know that I'm learning a ton and so we just want to encourage you if you have any questions or thoughts or anything that's popped up that you want to share, we would love for you to email us at mercytalk at mercymultiplied.com just to kind of hear any feedback that Mm -hmm. you may have. So we will continue this conversation moving into next week and we hope that you'll join us then. 